0: Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher podcast 178 and today I want to talk about what I call a closed door, meaning you are pursuing something, you are moving towards something or trying to obtain something and for various different reasons you seem to be blocked. You just can't move forward. Try as you might, you can't quite secure what you're hoping to secure. What is going on there? Well, one way to look at this, and there's probably many things that are going on, but what I was reminded of was, I was reminded of the early Christians, particularly uh, the Apostle Paul. When he began his, let me back up and give you, give you a little bit of the, the background to this, because this is from Acts 16. And the background is, is that by the time we read the book of Acts, the church is, well, the church in the sense that we know the church, the Jesus followers, are establishing themselves So Jesus is gone in the sense that he's certainly not walking on the earth anymore because this is like 20 years later. 20 Easter's have been celebrated. And the way that the church grew was simply by people telling their story, which is actually still the best way. I mean, if something is significant to you and life-changing to you, it's really easy to tell your story. It really is. There's no mystery about passing on your faith. If it's, if it's helpful, if it's meaningful, if it's significant, it's like, well, why would I not do that? So 20 years of, 20 Easter's have passed and Paul and his companions, start to do these, what we've called, missionary journeys, which is basically they start to move around from town to town to tell their story, to tell about the difference that this Jesus the Christ has actually made in their lives and in the world. And there's a, such an intriguing uh, paragraph where the writer of uh, the Book of Acts, who is Luke, by the way, the same guy who wrote the Book of Luke, He's giving an account of Paul and his companion's journey, because they went all over the place, mostly to places that we don't even recognize now. Um, Mysa, we don't know where that is. Phyra, we don't know where that is. Macedonia, well, I think that's still there nowadays. But you know, a lot of the names have changed over the years. It's basically Turkey and Greece. But here's the line that really struck me. Uh, I'm, let me just read it to you. Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phira and Galatia. Here's the piece. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the providence of Asia. It's like, what? The Holy Spirit stopped them from doing something, or the Holy Spirit blocked them in some way. How interesting is that? God blocks the route or the path. Now, remember the Holy Spirit, from the understanding of the early church, is God. I mean, it's just another name for God. Jesus, the resurrected one, another name for God. God, the creator, another name for God. Call it what you want. There's one God, right? Um, There's one God, but there's different aspects to this God. And we'll certainly never get through all the names. How could we possibly describe God? I mean, it's futile, isn't it? But we try, we try. But anyway, the Holy Spirit is really just another name for God. And Paul is saying, God's blocked our path. We wanted to go to Asia. And you know what? We, we couldn't go. We couldn't go. So it's like, okay, now what do we do? Okay, we'll go to Bithynia. And, and that fails too. Why? Because this, he says, the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. Now, we're not told how the path is blocked. But the passage is certainly suggesting that God is, for the want of a better term, a hands-on kind of God. That when we're talking about leading, we're talking about guidance, we're talking about direction, It doesn't necessarily have to be always vague and academic. Oh, yes, God leads me. It's like, no, actually, it can actually be extremely practical in the sense that God can actually stop you from doing something. Now, again, we have to sort of be careful about how we talk about this because obviously God doesn't stop us always from doing things. We've all done plenty of things that we know that we shouldn't have done or gone places or made decisions that we shouldn't have made, right? So we have a fair amount of freedom to mess up our lives. But there is this sense with Paul, the early church and his companions, and maybe you felt this in your own life, that when you're really sort of open to God's leading, you can be checked or blocked from moving ahead. And when Paul and his his friends seek guidance, uh, I mean, they obviously don't always get it right, so God worked with them, and something happened so that they couldn't go to one particular place and they were sort of forced to go to another place. In other words, God stopped them. God actually stopped them. Which is so fascinating when, we, we, when you think about it. You know, can God stop me from moving towards something that really isn't in my best interest or isn't the best thing for me or anyone else for that matter. Paul would say, oh yeah, definitely. Paul, Barnabas, John, Mark, their plan was to go to one town and God says, no, 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 I don't want you to go to that town. I don't want you to go to that city. I've got something else for you. Now, the thing about these... Early followers is that they're, and this is kind of important. They were extremely open to wanting and desiring God's way for their lives. So this I want to stress their understanding because I think in life we understand this. We're not going to really get the passage. These early believers, their mindset is is that they want to fit into what God's doing. Now, this is so different from us in North America. They're not all of us, but generally speaking, their mindset is they want to fit in with what God is doing. They're not necessarily primarily interested about branching out on their own and doing whatever seems good to them. Now, is there something wrong with doing what seems good to us? Not necessarily, but when they are stopped, when they take a wrong turn, when they get a a clear no, not that way, this way, when something hinders them from moving forward, their response isn't disappointment and frustration, which it often can be for us. Or maybe I should just speak for myself. can certainly feel that way to me. If I am blocked, if I have a plan, I'm moving forward, I want something to happen, and it's not happening, that can be very stressful, right? Now, for these early people it was like oh it's not working out can't go there that was the plan okay well god must have another way that's that's the response okay this isn't working out let me not spend a whole bunch of energy trying to work it out then what do you what, what do you think god well, this isn't working so where do you desire us to go what do you want us to do So as I reflected on that for us 2,000 years later, we who live in a culture that values complete freedom to make all our own choices, to work wherever we want, to live wherever we want, to pursue various activities or not, to do whatever seems good to us, the first followers didn't really have that mindset it wasn't all about what seems good to me. It was more like, how can, I, how can my life best serve your larger purposes? It's a lot less self-centered, in other words. It's so easy for us, this, the waters that we swim in are completely self-centered for the most part. Or that at least, maybe if they're not self-centered, they are, you know, with me and my loved ones and my small sphere of life. But for the early believers, no, that, that really wasn't the way, really wasn't the way. So they're, they're very open to this idea of divine guidance. And they're expecting God to lead them. And they're expecting God to help them and direct them. They they don't just set off trusting their own intuition and intellect and common sense. Nothing wrong with any of these things. They're all good gifts. But that wasn't enough. That was absolutely not enough for them. Because remember, the way, they weren't called Christians back then. They were called people of the way. They were, they were actually learning a new way of living and communicating with Jesus now that he's resurrected no longer with them. Now, they had different language for this. They called it walking in the spirit. Um, doesn't matter what you call it. It's the ability to tune in to a higher wisdom that gives direction for common everyday events in life. More than your own intellect, more than your own intuition, more than your own common sense. It's the ability to tune into God's guidance. It's the idea of developing a spiritual ear so you can hear God's weight. Now it's not easy because our ears are tuned to what we think we need. And the problem with that is, uh, sometimes we don't know what we need. Or sometimes we think we know what we need and it's actually not what we need. So not everybody develops this and It doesn't matter whether you're inside the church or outside the church, not everybody develops the seer because it takes time and patience And a long time, right? Because it's, you know, just because something seems right to me doesn't necessarily mean that it is. But Paul and Silas and Lydia and all these early Christians, they didn't live that way. You know, they're looking for this inner guidance. And if they don't get it, you, they, they stop. They don't move forward. I mean, when I think about the amount of times that I have resisted a block, you can spend so much time and energy fighting against something that isn't for you. And it, you know, it's just not yours for whatever reason, it's not your job. It's not your relationship, it's not your house, it's not your whatever, church, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, so fascinating. One of the things Jesus said before he left them, not that he's left us, but you know, when I say left them, I mean, left his disciples physically. He said, you know, I've got so much more to say to you. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to send you the spirit of truth, and this spirit will guide you, just as I have done. And actually, one of the names of this spirit is the spirit of Jesus. The spirit's got lots of names. You could call it the energy of God, the power of God, the creative force of God, the spirit of Jesus. Yes, many, many, many names, but the whole idea is inner guidance, inner wisdom. If we can step aside for just a second, drop our guard, hold our desires loosely, not resist, new things start to appear. Yeah, so this is, this is the way they worked. So they wanted to go to, to Turkey. They believed it was God's plan, but they're pretty flexible and they're open. And when it's not possible, they don't really have too much trouble changing direction. And this flexibility is in their favor. It's very helpful, really helpful to be flexible. It's like things not working out. Hmm, okay. This isn't working. Well, God must have another plan. And that's their attitude, which takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of trust. And remember, their understanding is is that God is good and God's for us. And, And God's not going to withhold anything from us. So that's their mindset. So... I don't know about you, but when I have my mind set on something and I have a plan, it's not always easy to accept a closed door. It can be very difficult to readjust to what is if you you really want something, can't it? And again, it can happen in many areas of life. You might desire a particular job, Or pursue a particular relationship. Or something in the family. You want it to happen or not happen. And you come across some kind of block that is saying to you loudly and clearly, this isn't for you. Or it's not going to look like the way you would like it to look. Or... This isn't going to work out. This is constantly problematic. Every time you move forward, this happens. Well, we can insist on trying and we can keep trying for years. Waste a lot of time and energy, or we can consider, I wonder if this could possibly be a block. Yeah. Could be anything. Could this be a closed door? Is this why it's not working? Am I wasting my time here? Now we can keep on trying to knock on a closed door. And that's painful and it's difficult. And it's it really take it can take a, a long time and a lot of energy. Yeah, so there's this fine line between Tenacity and perseverance, which is needed in this life. You need it. And it's good and it's important, necessary. But then it it can just morph into being stubborn and not listening. It, It can just become, I'm not listening to the no. I'm not listening to the, you can't have this. So move on and learn from this and accept your present situation, or your reality, or whatever. So for Paul and Silas and John Mark and Lydia, a no, a block is, they receive it as, okay, I have something else for you. And how we receive things makes a huge difference. How We, we get to choose how we receive things. And Paul doesn't resist these blocks, these closed doors. And he has quite a few in the course of this journey, as well as his life, actually. And I must tell you, at one point, he literally experiences a closed door because he ends up under house arrest. And that didn't really stop him from talking. He just had people visit him. Very, very adaptable. Very adaptable. So... The end of the story is, after several attempts of trying to go various places, they end up in Macedonia, and which is Greece, present-day Greece. And they find a group of believers there. And Paul meets a woman who becomes very influential in his life. You know, sometimes you just meet someone and it's like, wow, this person is... Going to be a life changer for me in some way. Uh, could be a friend, of course. It could be your partner. That obviously would be a life change. But it, it just—it's this one of these meetings that you meet someone. It's like this. This. This could be significant. Well, Paul meets someone, a woman, who who's very influential in his life, and her name's Lydia. And Lydia happens to be a wealthy influential businesswoman she's european and she has a thriving business she deals with purple cloth which was the luxury item of the day and she's one of these women that uh, she's completely open to god and yes she does want to be a follower of the way and yes she wants to help in any way she can so she says to paul and john mark and you can use my house you can now remember when they, when they said you you can use my house. In those days, they didn't have churches; they would use people's houses to meet, which still happens today. But we also have the big buildings too, right? So Lydia says you can use my house as as a meeting place, Paul. You can meet there, and he did. And she ends up financially supporting the missionary trips of Paul and his companions. Because even in the Bible times, they had budgets, right? We forget this. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you need a budget. Yeah, we forget about this. This is how the message gets spread to Europe. Yeah, if you ever wondered who paid the bills, well, I'll tell you about who paid the bills. Paul had a side job, he was a tent maker. But he also had people like Lydia who said, I'll help you. I think this is really worthwhile. I think what you're doing is I want to invest in this. Not just with my time, not just with my my emotional support uh, in the house and all that, but I want to give you some cash because that's what you need. And really, that's how the church has survived to this present day. Anyway. That's, well, I have to tell you this a little bit, Bible trivia. When, when Paul, there's this great line in Scripture that so many people, it's just a, the, one of the most well-known lines ever about anxiety in the Bible. And it goes something like, And nothing be anxious, but in everything give thanks. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, it's from the book of Philippians. It's a great one to commit to memory. When Paul wrote that, when Paul wrote that line about anxiety, he wrote that letter to the believers who were in Philippi And he's writing to the group that meets in Lydia's house. Isn't that the coolest thing? Just a little bit Bible trivia there. But what does it suggest? I'm I'm, I'm suggesting that when Paul's thwarted from moving in one direction, God used that. God worked in that situation. God worked in that block, ultimately, to lead him to a new place altogether, meet Lydia, and a whole new world opened up for him that he never, ever imagined. Now, again, we have to watch how we apply these passages. I'm not saying that every single block we get will end up turning out great because... God did the blocking and it's always going to turn out great for us. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is it possible that at times God blocks us? Yes. Is it possible that that block can ultimately lead us to a better place? Yes. Yes, I'm saying that that I think that this is what Acts 16 teaches I think it's worth considering for us, I really do. Um, In our lives, in our plans, in our choices, at our work, when we feel stuck, God's at work. When we move forward, God's at work. When we take a wrong turn, God's at work. When we meet certain people, uh, we think, oh, what a coincidence, just the right time? I'd say, nah. Not a coincidence. God's at work. God's at work. Uh, When plans fail, God's at work. When new possibilities appear, yeah. Yeah. Paul ended up saying, I really don't care what it is. I'm convinced that nothing separates us from God's love. That's what he ended up saying. Which is takes great trust and uh, wouldn't necessarily say, I can say that for sure, but that's what Paul, the apostle Paul said. He says, I don't care what it is. I am totally convinced that nothing separates us from God's love, any trouble, any suffering, any hardship, any pain, God's in it all. Said that in the book of Romans. That's, worth, that's worthwhile checking out too, Romans 8, verse 3. So these early people of the way, they, they didn't believe that things just happened to happen. They weren't into luck or good fortune. It was more, no, that, that's, that's God leading. That's God leading. That's what Jesus promised. He said, I'm. I'm not going to be walking with you on the earth forever, but I'm still going to lead you. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and that Spirit has capacity to get through to you and me. So if you feel blocked, or you are, let's say you are blocked, or you you feel like you're at a stop somehow, and you you can't secure. What you want? I think what Saint Paul would say from his life experience. Apostle Paul would say, "I consider that as a leading of God. I, w- I would have room for that as a possibility. I would leave room. Let's just say, sit with it. I would leave room with it, room with maybe this is God's leading. You know, we all want God's will until it's in conflict with our will." And that's where the test is. That's where the rub is. You know, we all say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, really want what God wants in my life. Okay, well, then if there's a conflict, then what? As soon as something happens that, you know, prohibits movement or direction in a way we desire, we can can just dismiss that block and say, okay, I'll try another way. And we can be very, very creative about trying lots of ways to get what we want. It's just another word for control right so we can we can dismiss these blocks and say, "Okay, well, I want to go to Macedonia, and if i can't if I can't walk there, then I'll fly there, and if I can't fly there, then I'll take a train there, and if I can't get a train there, I'll bike there, but I'll find a way to get there right so that can take a lot of energy resisting a closed door, whereas these early people would say, "No, no, I don't want to waste my energy resisting. I want to see. I want to see where God's leading. And if it means that I can't get what I want." and if it means I can't get what I need at this time, nonetheless, I want to be in the place, or go, or have what God desires for me. Because I don't always know the best thing. And that becomes the prayer and the heart cry. Not an easy place, not an easy prayer really, Not an easy thing to say, uh, but it is the place of freedom. And ultimately, we're always being led into deeper freedoms. There's the prayer, there's the heart cry. If the door is closed, then we wait on your timing, God, whatever you desire. Thank you for joining me, you have been listening To Celtic Preacher, join with me again next week for another episode.